Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Perspective Transformation Radio, enjoying its 10th anniversary, often the number one live airing broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, and reaching a global audience of over 185,000 listeners. During this hour-long interview-style program, you'll meet prospective transformers who come to share their most pivotal, life-changing insights and aha moments, offering you instant access to life, leadership, and God-loving seismic shifts of your own. We encourage you to invite friends to join you here now or share quotes with attribution and also to reach out to our sponsor, WomenSpeakers.com, the most popular online connecting place for Christian event planners and Christian women speakers since 2002. I'm your host, Marnie Swedberg, and I encourage you to grab a notepad and get ready to meet today's Perspective Transformers. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie. Excited to have you with us. Along with us today is Joanna Fruha of GraciousVine.com from New York, New York. And we are going to be talking about some of her um, biggest aha moments through life. She's an artist, a speaker, a singer, a writer, and recording artist. She tours with her band, Gracious Vine, and also as a conference speaker, encouraging audiences with God's powerful word. Welcome to you, Joanne. Hi, how are you, Marnie? I'm so glad to be here with you today. Good, and it's exciting to have you with us. And uh, you have a couple, you have a couple CDs out, and we have taken some songs from each CD and are going to be sharing those through the hour, as well as the story behind the song. So it's super exciting uh, for me to introduce you to Joanna, and also for her to um, be able to share her thoughts and. It is a great pleasure. It really, really is. Oh, you're breaking up there. Let's start with. Oh yeah, we'll do the best we can. I know this is. Um, there's. I. I always say I have a love-hate relationship with Blog Talk Radio. Mostly love, but there's just a few things that sometimes don't work so perfect. So we just <laughs> do the best we can. Okay. So the first one is my trophies, triumphs, hurts, and sacrifices are God's hidden treasure for me. Where did that one come from? That actually came from the story in um, the Gospels that talk about the Magi coming to the Lord and presenting and opening up their treasures. And I, a lot of the time when reading scriptures, I just ask the Lord, you know, how does this apply to me today? Um, I don't have, you know, large quantities of gold and frankincense and myrrh. So what are my treasures, Lord, that that you have for me? And as I dug into how gold, frankincense, and myrrh are acquired, I started to recognize that they actually were acquired through a lot of hardship. Some of them were beautiful. Um, Others were used in religious sacrifices, and others were used in burial moments. And so it was like, wow, Lord, how does that apply to me then personally? And it was like, well, it's your your gold is your trophies, the things that you're good at, the things that you excel in easily, your talents, your giftings. And then the frankincense are those sacrifices that we do for the Lord or that we do for others and that cost us and how that can bring a cost to us and sometimes even hurt. And then there is the, the myrrh, which are things that uh, hurt malicious 
differently um, or a death of a dream or a loved one and how we can allow the Lord to redeem even all of those circumstances and then use them for his glory. They become our treasures hidden at first, but then opened up before him. Hmm. Wow. That's really a beautiful way to look at that. I've never um, thought of them as personalizing them one by one into my life before. And so you, you say the gold is like the trophies, the consensus is like the triumph and the myrrh is like the hearse. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so how do those get used for the kingdom after we have been restored, comforted, healed, um, and brought forth? Mm, yeah, really cool. Really cool. As you go through your life then, and this is kind of part of your DNA now to think of it like this, the trophies, yeah. the triumphs, the hurts, the gold, the frankincense, yeah. the myrrh. When do you think of it? Like what, where, where are moments that this comes to mind for you? Um, usually after, <laughs> to right, be honest. Okay. It's never, mm-hmm. it's never in the moment because, you know, the pain is, is not a fun thing to deal with. And we, we raise our fists sometimes and, and, uh, and we, we agonize in the moments or when we're dealing with either finances or, you know, family situations and stuff. And, and even though we'll pray through that, it's like sometimes it's like, okay, Lord, I know you have a good track record. You, you've done amazing things in my life, and I thank you for that. So I can look forward, but I'm not enjoying this moment. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, there are a lot of the times, you know, as they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. So it, it, that is true. And I can look at all my hurts. Um, whether they've been maliciously um, attacked, you know, various different things or hurtful words or or deeds done against me um, or things where I've sacrificed to the Lord and I've, you know, it's cost me something big to do that or or whatever it may have been, I, I can say that I know that, God, you do work all things together for your good, and I, I trust that even this will eventually be one of those treasures, though I can't <laughs> see it or feel it right now. <laughs> right. I love that. And I love that. I love that the Bible doesn't tell us that we have to be thankful for every last thing that happens to us, but thankful in it. Um, that's that right. That God is bring to good, bring good out of it, bring good that's through right. it. And that, that's that's right. really kind of helpful, because some things are so painful at the moment that it's hard to imagine how it could possibly be good but yeah and, and god that god doesn't it. ordain everything but he can redeem all things mm, yeah beautiful. you know beautiful from your album uh come and sit a while we're gonna play a clip right now of the song you've rescued me and then i'd like you to talk to us about the concept behind this sure
so great. So great. You've rescued me. That's awesome. Yeah, so amen. Tell us, tell us about this song. First of all, do you write all your own songs? I do. I write all my own songs, uh, the lyrics and the composition. And then I bring it to the band, and they do their wonderful giftings all over it. And, and it just mm. it develops into something sometimes different than what I had originally thought. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. most of the time it just develops into this beautiful, beautiful uh, song, and I just love it. So, mm. But, yeah, this song... It, it really comes from my own personal experience, feeling, even though growing up in a great Christian home um, and, and having wonderful friends, there was a sense of insecurity and failure and depression in my own heart, my own mind, my own spirit, and, um, and really just feeling swamped by it and overwhelmed by it. And basically turning my eyes away from people and turning my head down and and trying to get caught up in a world that I could create in my own head and yet it was just fantasy and that just would burst and mm. and so I love that the Lord in the midst of my drowning could rescue me and reach into that dark area of my life and just pull me up and transform me so what I want to do in a moment here is just play the whole song for us. So there's quite a few words that are in there. Um, <laughs> what are some of your favorite songs? I would say that the, my favorite line is really that you reach down. Your arms are not too short that you can't reach mm-hmm. down and save me. Because sometimes we do feel as though we are so distant and we cannot be reached um, we certainly, we, we feel that way because we can't reach God, um, not realizing that right. he can reach us, um, in our own effort, we can't. And so we feel that we're going to drown, but in his great love, he reaches down into the depths of the sea, into the depths of the pit that we may be in. And he can just pull us out in a moment. That's so beautiful. And I loved how you said earlier too, that, you had created um, a kind of a world in your own head. And I have this picture of him reaching down even into our own thoughts, into our own yes. lies, lies we're believing and, you know, uh, fantasies we've created to escape the reality of the hard things in life. Um, so let's yeah. go ahead and listen right now to the whole song, You've Rescued Me. Great.
and your arms reach down and they rescue me. So, so beautiful. Oh, We're going to kind of segue into the next thing, which is one of your speaking topics, Dare to Go Where God Has Commissioned You, which is a little different than Dare to Go Where God Leads You. The same. Tell us about this concept. Well, uh, that came out of Luke 5 um, when Peter spent all night with his uh, fellow fishermen fishing and they caught nothing. And then Jesus comes with the crowd as he's teaching and he, he just starts to, to share with them. And then he says to them, could you let me use your boat, essentially, paraphrasing it all. Um, let me use your boat. Go out just a little ways from the shore so that I can speak to the crowd. And we don't know how long he spoke there. But then after he seen, sends the crowds away, he says, now launch out into the deep. And, and it was out in the deep that Peter ended up getting this wonderful blessing of an amazing catch. And what I loved about all of that is how we're each – called and commissioned in one way, shape, or form, whatever it may be. And as the Lord calls us, he doesn't always call us to the big things immediately. He, he calls us into the shallows at first and says, you know, co- go out a little ways so that I can do this or that and use you and use the things that you have, your boat, what's, what you're good at. And let me, let me see if you'll be willing to allow me to use you in that, that area. And then as we do that and we're faithful in that, then he commissions us and he sends, now go out deeper, go out into areas that you're not familiar with, or go out into an area you've, you think you've already been and already done um, or that you've failed in. And I can change everything mm-hmm. if you'll just go where I commission you. Mm, so that. that's where that kind of <laughs> came from. And I know from my own self and my own personal walk, I needed that. Um, as a worship leader, I knew nothing about music whatsoever. Um, I think I played clarinet for two weeks in second grade and I quit because I didn't understand the, the dots on the page. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, all right, you know, mm. and, and I was asked to be a worship leader, um, because I love worship. I just love to worship. I love to praise the Lord. And uh, the worship team at the time in the church was falling apart. And the pastor asked me to lead. And I said, no, I, I, I can't. I don't know anything about music. If you told me that the, um, the song was in the key of Z, I would say, okay, because I had no idea that there were only <laughs> so many chords and keys. So, mm. um, but over the course of the next six months, he had asked me again, and I really felt the Lord say, hey, you know, you've prayed that if I open the door, you'll go. Well, here's a door. And I was like, but I don't know anything about wow. music. And, um, and within six months of having been established doing that, um, the worship team ended up moving away. All I was doing was leading from the microphone where we would go in the song next. And uh, they ended up all moving away. They were all family. And um, I was left with a piano with 88 black and white keys that I had no idea what to do with. <laughs> and, um, and over the course of six weeks, the Lord taught me how to play the piano well enough that for the next three years I led worship from the piano. Wow. 
That's yeah. miraculous. So, That's yeah, miraculous. It, it was miraculous. <laughs> and it was just as miraculous as that amazing catch that Peter got mm. because he was willing to go even where he thought he had already failed for the night and, and do it just because mm-hmm. Jesus said to. So if we're, I love that if we're willing, yeah. yeah, if we're willing, he'll take us into new waters and he'll do some miracles that we never could have imagined. I love that story. I love the phrase, uh, because you say so, I will. Um, yeah. Just, that's all it needs to be. The next song we're going to do is There is a River, and I'm going to play the, the clip from it first, and then we'll talk about it before we hear the whole thing. Great. in just a minute. Um, Joanna, as you think about this one, you know, the word weight, um, the, the concept of being, having swirling water around us and feeling kind of overwhelmed. Uh, where yeah. does this song come from? Um, I grew up camping. So um, as a kid, we did a lot of canoeing and rafting and stuff. And so the swirling eddies and, and the swift currents come directly out of my my past, you know, doing all of that and getting caught in them sometimes, sometimes overwhelmed by them, having the canoe tip and that kind of thing, just from personal life experience, you know, as a kid. So I wanted to bring that into it. But then seeing how the Word of God, especially out of Ezekiel 47, when it talks about this river that he sees in a vision that flows from the from the threshold, from the throne, from the sanctuary, out. And what it does is it ends up leading down to the Sea of Araba or the Dead Sea. Um, And it ends up bringing life to everything it touches. Everything that was once dead comes to life. And the place that had no fishing, no commerce, no habitation, now becomes fertile land. It Mm. becomes a place where... There are many fish, the abundance of fish, and the banks are loaded with trees who have many fruits, and the leaves heal the nations, and, and habitation picks up, and commerce picks up, and it radically transforms. And so it was like, wow, Lord, I just love how your water, the living water, the Word of God, can transform our minds and it can transform who we are to who we are becoming in him and it takes our dead areas our dead sea areas and transforms them into living places where 
where now families can reside and, and life can take place and, and goodness comes from the land and from the sea. And so that's where this song really was birthed out of, was my own transformation and, and seeing those things take place in my life. So we're going to listen to uh, There is a River That Flows from Come and Sit With Me by Joanna Fuha. Joanna Fruha from the album Come and Sit a While. Joanna, that's so beautiful. We're going to talk next about we are refined by God, not garbage. So that's kind of an interesting phrase. <laughs> 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 I've been there a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
you know, how many of us go around believing the lies that um, we hear from others, um, derogatory statements, um, you're not good enough, you're not worthy, you're not lovable, um, all these different things, you're not pretty enough, you're whatever it may be, um, you're not equipped, you're not adequate, um, you know, we start to to believe the lies, even then, and we start to tell them to ourselves. And it's not just the world, but the enemy. You know, he he hates us and he wants to destroy us. So he, even growing up in a good home, um, like myself, you can believe silly lies, um, and they're 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 there just to destroy you as a person. And we often believe. The garbage, and I remember, you know, anything about com- computers and and language, you know, whether it's Fortran or Cobalt or whatever it is, it's garbage in, garbage out. You know, whatever you bring mm-hmm. in, you're going to put out. And the Lord doesn't want us to believe the lies, and it's a matter of taking every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And I went through such a period in my life where I was always talking down to myself you're no Mm -hmm. good you're ugly um you're too fat you're you're not worthy you can't do it but 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 all these different lies and plenty of people even would tell me that that's not true but i had started to believe it so much that i needed something to break the hold and i found that scripture that says to take every thought captive to the obedience of christ and i I started to really pray on that, and I really felt the picture that God gave me was um, just like being a soldier. If you were if you were a soldier before the king, and he was sitting on his throne, and you had an enemy next to you spouting lies, you would basically grab him by the back of the neck and throw him down. You know, it's you're, you're to be silent. You're not to speak, and and so really, it was a matter of of bringing every thought captive. And when I share on this, I, I utilize not just that scripture, but I use the story of the woman at the well, who here she was, ostracized. She was at the well in the middle of the day, avoiding all of the women at the heat of the day getting water. And she ends up meeting with the Messiah. She ends up meeting with Jesus Christ. And he tells her everything she's ever done. And the one thing she does immediately following an interaction with him and a revelation of who he is, is she goes running right into the crowd that she has avoided for how, who knows however many mm-hmm. years and declares to them that she is a changed person and that this person that changed her, they need to come and see as well. And so that that along with the lineage the four women that are mentioned in the lineage of Jesus and each one of their stories and how they whether they were neglected or ostracized or whether they were a harlot or whether they were born from the moabites which is a tribe of incest you know whatever it was god has the ability to redeem it and to redeem them and change their identity so much so that instead of being only known for those things in their past, the last thing they can be known for is the identity with Jesus Christ. And so mm-hmm. that's why they're in the lineage themselves, and they are the only four women in that lineage. 
so it's exciting to use that, parallel it with my own life, and, and then to bring forth the scripture and just share that with people. Yeah, and every morning when I'm running on the elliptical, I have these um, passages that I go through about who I am in Christ. And it starts with, when assailed with words, doubts or accusations of less than, I choose to agree that in Christ I am free from meaningful accusation, Colossians 1.22, full of you, Jesus, Colossians 1.27, firmly rooted in you and being built up by you, Colossians 2.7, 100% complete in Christ, Colossians 2.10, an expression of your life, for you are my life, Colossians 3.4, chosen by you, holy and dearly loved, Colossians 3.12, full of your spirit, power, love, and self-discipline, 2 Timothy 1.7. It goes on and on like this. And the reality is, is that when we take the thoughts captive. The ones that we're supposed to take captive are the ones that don't agree with what the Bible says God says about us. Yeah, amen. Yeah. They need to really be taken prisoner and put down and silenced. And um, and it's it's once we allow that to happen, once we defy those lies and we allow the Lord's word like all those different scriptures that you mentioned and and the stories you know from Genesis to Revelation each story of redemption mm-hmm. just to to flood over us and to wash us you know Jesus says that that it's by the washing of the word it says that he wants to make the bride spotless so those lies get washed away and we our mind is then renewed by the washing of his word and and it's just a beautiful thing to, it's again it's all about <laughs> transformation power in our lives his it transformation is. power yeah right and if you guys are ever unsure about what the bible does say about that just type into google who the bible says i am in christ and you're going to find all kinds of scriptures and truths there that you can look up for yourself and start collecting your own list, like the one that I have um, that just is speaks to your heart and really is personalized from God to you. That's what's beautiful about our relationship with God is that something that thrills me might not thrill you and something right. that thrills you might not thrill me, but right. because God is God, uh, he communicates individually to our unique needs and desires and longings and passions. And that's what's so, so fun about walking with God. At this time, I'd like to introduce a clip from uh, your new album, Rise. And you are going to play it and come right back. Great. You are my God. Just 
shampooing my youth pastor's carpets as they were getting ready to move out. They didn't have a shampoo. I volunteered to do that. And as I was doing it, I was quoting in my head uh, scriptures, and I was quoting Psalm 91 at one point. And uh, I got to verse uh, 14, and it says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows my name. And yeah. I remember, Joanna, I remember saying, okay, so that's not hard, God. That's your name. <laughs> and it's like, he's like, no, 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 I have more names. And so I started an Excel document, a, a database, really. And I started collecting all the names of God that I could find. And I think I ended somewhere under 300, but I don't know how many there really are. And wow. then I thought, how am I going to know all these names? How could I learn all these names? Right. And so I put them in alphabetical order. And then God gave me a song that had a bunch of the names of God's in it, in it too. Wow. And it's just this powerful realization that God wants us to know his names, not because he's proud of his names or self-centered like that, but because every name has something in it that we need. There's provision yeah. in it. I love this song, You Are My God, and how you go through so much of this provision in this song. Tell us about when did this come to you? How did it come to you? Well, it was a study that I had done also on the names of God. And without getting into like the Hebrew and and all the different aspects of that, I just wanted to make it simple enough that people would grasp just some of the attributes and the character of God. And, you know, when you have a song, there's only so much time that you can put into it. And so it was like I really wanted to pick out some of um, the more important pieces for me. And for me, it was like mm. that he's my fortress and he's my stronghold, yeah. you know, my rock mm -hmm. of shelter, um, so that the sheepfold can go in and be safe from the night and from the wolves and and he's the creator of worth and art and and his his beautiful ability to create and um attribute value to his creation um so all of those different things played into it and the the um the teaching that i had learned and and just diving into the word of god myself and and diving into the hebrew of it i was just blown away and i love how it it all reveals one facet or another of his mm -hmm. manifold mm -hmm. wisdom his grace his um his attributes uh, and i just i love all of that Knowing the character of somebody, you know, when we have an intimate relationship with somebody, we know that, oh, they're funny, they're faithful, they're diligent, right. they're hardworking, they have this work ethic, um, they, they like this, they don't like that. We know all these intimate things about somebody when we have a relationship with them. And knowing the names of God and seeing those things played out in our own lives, it just further develops that relationship with him. And, uh, and I just wanted to convey that in song. And, and really just the, the whole chorus with just it being, you are my mm -hmm. God, came from when Thomas, you know, one of the disciples mm -hmm. said, you know, it's great that you disciples have seen Jesus already, but I wasn't here. And unless I can put my hand in his side and touch his scar, his, his wounds in his hands, I don't believe you. 
And I don't think it was because he had so much doubt. And we, we often, we poo-poo Thomas, bad Thomas, doubting Thomas. I think it was more a matter of wanting that one-on-one relationship, not secondhand information, but firsthand knowledge of the risen Christ. And I want that in my life. And I don't want it to just be something I learn from somebody else, but I want to understand and experience the resurrected Christ in my own life. So here is the full version. You are my God by Joanna Fruha. Ah, my God. You are my
fun song, Joanna. That's really fun. So, how did how did God put your band together? Tell us just a little quick story about that. Sure. Well, it actually started as a female trio many years ago, and uh, when the other young ladies that I was working with, um, they started getting married and having children, they had to step out. And so it morphed over the course of time, about four years, and then I slowly introduced these other gentlemen. One is my husband, one is my brother, um, and the others are good friends that I had worked with in years past on worship teams and stuff. And so it just started to develop into this really great um, sound and band and family, good good friends. So oh. that's how that came about. Sounds really cool. Very, very awesome talent there. Fun to listen to. So fun. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very upbeat song. The next thing we're going to talk about is your topic, Freedom from Fear is a Breakthrough. And I am, I always say I'm a fear-based personality. A lot of people say, I think you're like Tigger and Winnie the Pooh. And I'm like, nope, I'm a piglet and Winnie the Pooh. I'm scared all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I have this great big God who comforts me and carries me. And sometimes I do it scared, but more frequently he calms me and brings me into his peace and carries yeah. me through. Um, I, I love this. I love this theme, freedom from fear is a breakthrough. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it is. I mean, I, for me, fear was a major contender. It was a, mm-hmm. a big mm-hmm. enemy um, from night terrors, from the time that I was a child, mm-hmm. uh, four years old, um, to the time that actually I finally got my breakthrough, which was um, years ma- being married several years and having um, two young boys at the time and really the lord completely shattered the spirit of fear that had attached itself to me um which i think was partly due to my own um choices i had been into ouija boards and séances as a kid and um and i think definitely you know there was um some bad choices there i opened some doors that i should not have opened and um and so it wasn't until I was married and had two little ch- children that uh, the Lord basically told me, you've got to deal with this, because I was afraid of everything. I was afraid of noises. I was afraid of the dark. I was afraid of when, mm. you know, Halloween, that season and commercials for scary shows would come on. That was it. I would walk backwards to the TV, plugging my ears just to turn it off. And... Mm. Um, I felt like I was being attacked from the television set. So I was terrified. I was afraid of my own shadow, basically. Um, And so it was really in praying and asking the Lord to deliver me and and forgive me for participating in certain activities that at this time, at that time, I knew were wrong to have done. And, um, And so... Trusting in his grace and his mercy, he led me to several scriptures. One, that perfect love casts out all fear, and mm-hmm. that in, second da- in Daniel chapter 2, that he knows what's in the darkness. And so there was comfort there, and in the Psalms and in the Proverbs, that he'll give you sweet sleep. And, um, and then my biggest breakthrough was when I started to read in the gospel about Caesarea Philippi in Matthew 16 and how he brought his disciples to this place in the north of Israel 
And um, and it was so thrilling because I was able to go there this past year. And I purposely, wow. I was I was very sick the day that we we got huh. to go to that. And I was like, they they were like, do you want to stay in the hotel? And I was like, no, I need to go to Caesarea <laughs> Philippi. And um, huh. and the reason it's so important is because Jesus took his disciples on this trek 30 miles north or so, and it's out of the way of where he was preaching and where he was doing his miracles. And the only thing that happened there was when he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they all had different answers. But Peter stood up and he said, you are the Christ. And, and he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And the gates of hell, it's upon this foundation, this revelation hmm. of who I am, that I will build my church, my body, and it's, the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. Now, what's interesting about Caesarea Philippi is that that is where they worshipped Pan, which was the Greek god who was half man, half goat. And he was known for being the terrorizer of the sheep. He was the god of fear. And it was at the gates of Haiti, which is this big, huge hole in the cliffs at Caesarea Philippi that we got to see. And we're going to be going to see again with another group next year. But um, it was at that location that Jesus is saying, even though the world worships and is is bound to this God of fear, I tell you that if you know the revelation of who I am in your life, in this circumstance, in this situation, I can break that bondage. I can cast down, and you can stand firm on me, the rock, and be built up into the body of Christ. And the gates of hell then cannot prevail against you. Mm-hmm. And so for wow. me, that was a powerful breakthrough. And it's whenever I am overcome by fear, and I don't like to travel, but it's like every time I get on a plane for years, I was terrified of it. Um, and, mm-hmm. But in recent years, the Lord has given me more, greater and greater deliverance to be able to fly as far as Israel and go on tour with 45 mm-hmm. people. So, you know, and to bring them and show them mm-hmm. these locations. So it's been a, that's Amazing. what that is, is out of. And that's what I share in that teaching, um, a lot of my own personal testimony and how God delivered me and broke through uh, into my world and reached in just like in the first song and he rescued me. Hmm. So, so beautiful. This hour has just flown by. We're going to share at the end here. We're going to share one last song called mountains. But before we do that, I want to just encourage you guys to follow up with Joanna after the show here today. Her website is graciousvine.com, And you can also find her over at womenspeakers.com under New York, but at graciousvine.com, when people go over there, Joanna, what are they going to find? At the, the website, they're going to find all kinds of information. They're going to see videos of our band. They're going to see teachings, um, different topics and stuff. They'll also see tour dates, and they're going to see information on the books that I've written, Come and Sit for a While, and God's Blueprint, which is a walk through the furniture of the Tabernacle of Moses, as well as um, upcoming information uh, for our trip 
to Israel. We are bringing another group. We brought 45 people last time on a fully customized tour just for our, our band. And this year we're bringing hopefully as many people, if not more. We have up to 90 seats available. So we're really excited to be able to go to all these places and to, to see what it is the Lord has for us when we get there. And, um, but that's what they're going to find at the website, all the information about the band, about me as a speaker, because it is a dual-platform um, ministry. Awesome. Before we play this song, Mountains, tell us just where that one came from. That came out of my love for studying the Word of God, both Old and New Testaments, and to see them play out like mirrors. You know, we women, we stand in the bathroom and we hold the mirror at our head and we look behind us at the mirror on the wall. And if you, if you angle it just right, you can see it goes on back and forth, back and forth, back and forth forever almost. Uh, you keep mm-hmm. seeing yourself mm-hmm. in the mirrors as they reflect each other. And I see the scriptures in the New Testament and the Old Testament doing that same exact thing with Jesus Christ at the center. And he, it reflects him back and forth, deeper and deeper and into infinity because the word of God is living and it is eternal and it is powerful. And so we see the reflections of the old and the new, whether it's Mount Sinai or Mount Calvary and Mount Zion, it all reflects who Jesus Christ is, the grace, the mercy, the love, the compassion. It's all in the New Testament. It's all in the Old Testament. It's, it's not a different God of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I've heard that said by so many Christians that it's different, and it's, it's not. He's one and the same. He's the same yesterday, mm-hmm. today, and forever. And it just reflects mm-hmm. it back and forth. And that's what uh, Mountains is all about. Awesome. Thanks, Joanna. And you guys, we're just getting ready right now to hear Mountains by Joanna Fruha of GraciousVine.com.
Joining us today at Perspective Transformation Radio with our guest, Joanna Fruhouse of GraciousDesign.com. Hope you've enjoyed this hour and hope that you will check out her ministry, GraciousDesign.com, or Joanna Fruhouse over at WomenSpeakers.com in New York. Also, uh, WomenSpeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world. Hope you'll check that out. There are all over 1,000 speakers available to you there. As well as my website is marnie.com, www.marnie.com. All kinds of great stuff going on over there all the time, too. Thanks for joining us. Have a wonderful day. See you next time. Bye-bye.